Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. There's a funny line in today's interview about how the American story is a marriage, not like between like North and South or Republican and Democrat or anything like that, but instead between democratic governance and free market capitalism. The guy who says it is John Hilsenrath, a Wall Street Journal reporter who just wrote a new biography about Janet Yellen, the towering figure in economics who was the first female head of the Federal Reserve and is now Secretary of the Treasury. It's titled Yellen, the trailblazing economist who navigated an era of upheaval. And he talked to here and now Scott Tong about how Yellen's own marriage kind of mirrors that American one between democracy and the market. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The economy, as you know, is fragile right now. Inflation seems everywhere. And at this moment, a new book has come out about one of the top economic policymakers of her generation, Janet Yellen. She's the first female Treasury Secretary, and she was also the first female head of the Federal Reserve. But let's talk about Janet Yellen, the person. She recently told Stephen Colbert on The Late Show that before she signed the new dollar bill, she practiced. I I knew that this was something you could really screw up, and I wanted to get it right. And I practiced and I practiced, and you, you see what you, you'll see what you think. But. I practiced and I practiced. John Hilsenrath is the author of Yellen, the trailblazing economist who navigated an era of upheaval. He's been a writer and editor at the Wall Street Journal since 1997. John, good to have you in Studio 43 great, at NPR. Great to be here, Scott. So let's talk about Janet Yellen and inflation, the moment we're in now first. Not long ago, policymakers told us, Jerome Powell said, you know, don't worry, it's temporary. Transitory was the buzzword we heard so much. But here we are with yeah. inflation that we have. Did, I mean, Janet Yellen and the other policymakers get this wrong? Yes. In short, uh, they really did. Um, we, we had several shocks to the economy in the last few years. The, the first, obviously, was the COVID crisis. But then the second shock was the policy response to the COVID crisis. And I think what happened for Yellen, uh, for Jerome Powell, for a lot of others is they had the memories of the last economic crisis we had lived through. The financial uh, crisis. The the 2008 financial crisis, very close in mind. And after that crisis, we went through a very long period of low inflation and very high unemployment and slow economic growth. And the policy response during and after COVID was shaped by that because her view and the view of many others was they didn't want to have a repeat of what they had just been through. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they threw a lot of stimulus at this economy. And that stimulus, together with the supply shocks that we've gotten, Mm -hmm. combined to create the inflation shock that we're going through now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it'll recede, but it's turned out to be far less than transitory. Yeah. And economic stimulus coming from the Trump administration first and then the Biden administration after that. But Jenny Ellen, I mean, she acknowledges, I think you did an interview with her, right? She acknowledges getting this wrong. Yeah. She was actually on um, CNN last summer and they asked her, well, you know, you said it was going to be transitory. Were you wrong? And she said, yeah. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to argue against the facts and her whole background is about 
getting her facts straight. I mean, this kind of overlaps with a broader story you write about in your in your book is, I mean, if you're flying the plane in real time, it's hard to know what's happening in real time. And so it's kind of a human thing to look at recent history, recency bias, to kind of fight the last war because right. it worked the last time. Yeah. So the American story is a story about this marriage that we try to hold together between democratic uh, governance system and a free market capitalist system. And uh, I, I tell this story through actually Yellen's own marriage because she's married to a Nobel Prize winning economist yeah. who did some of the groundbreaking work back in the 1960s and early 1970s about the frailties of markets and the idea that markets aren't as efficient as economic models tended to think they were. I want to get to this love story and her life story. I mean, Janet Yellen grew up in a modest neighborhood in Brooklyn, a daughter of a physician. What was her personality? I guess going back to her practicing her handwriting, going to bed at 8.30, the word meticulous comes to my mind. Absolutely. So her mother was a school teacher, was a do-gooder, and was also extremely demanding of her children. So the kids were expected not only to get their homework done every night, (laughs) but to have it done correctly. Her father was a physician, as you say, and he used to bring home stories about the suffering that many of his patients went through, very often caused by unemployment and economic problems. And that kind of instilled in Yellen this desire to do social good. And that's kind of how she went off into the world as someone who had to have her homework right Mm -hmm. all the time, and had some desire to do social good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to describe this. We're going to have to put this on our webpage because your story about this economist has photos in the middle. And there is one picture that I found remarkable. It shows her notes from an economic lecture. Right. And the handwriting is crazy perfect. It's like, give me a break. It's mechanical. Yeah. So Yellen gets to Yale's PhD program, the only woman in her PhD class. And Jim Tobin, uh, who would go on to win a Nobel Prize, was impressed by her and asked her to be his teaching assistant. And so her job was to listen to his lectures and then to translate those lectures into notes that his first year students could review. She would take notes during class and then go back and stay up until two or three o'clock in the morning and translate them into these really kind of methodical reviews of Jim Tobin's brain and how economics work (laughs) in Jim Tobin's brain. Her love story with George Akerlof. Yeah. Um, She meets the economist George Akerlof. He goes on to win a Nobel in economics. They meet in the late 70s, and they both work at the Fed. I mean, they had this own great love story profile. They go shopping at the Safeway. He goes in one direction with his cart. She goes in the other direction with her cart. Yeah. But their interests overlap in economics. And this goes to this behavioral economics you're talking about. That is... We have to understand the human side of how we make decisions, and that's where he's in theory. She's a practitioner, but that's where they overlap. Yeah, there's all kinds of overlap. And and what connects him to Yellen is kind of – there are several factors. One is they became research partners because they did a lot of important research in the 80s about how labor markets are prone to all of these kind of disconnects that make that market imperfect. Then Yellen goes in and becomes a policymaker. And a lot of her work is about 
trying to address these imperfections, but she discovers in the process, as we're seeing with inflation right now, that policymaking is a pretty messy arena too. Yeah. And you have a quote from her in your book, John, that maybe points to her priorities. Jenny Yellen was running the San Francisco Fed, and there was a conversation about jobless statistics. And she goes, these are blank people, except she used saltier language. And she pounded the table to make the point. That's revealing. Right, right. And this is the other thing that connects her very closely to George Akerlof, which is that from a very young age, the two of them were very concerned about the problem of unemployment uh, for different reasons. So Yellen sat at the dinner table. Her father brought home stories, not only of patients that were suffering from unemployment, but also her father and her mother lived through the Great Depression, and they talked about that. Uh, George grew up with a father who was an engineer, and uh, he was constantly looking for work. And George, at the age of 11 or 12, got the idea in his head, well, if my father loses his job and can't spend money at the bakery, then the baker's going to lose his job, and he won't be able to spend mo- money mm-hmm. at the tailor. So really what drew them together intellectually was this desire to address the problem of joblessness. Yeah. So Janet Yellen, we're going to kind of fast forward you know, through her or she she becomes an economics professor and then she a researcher at the at the Fed. She works in the Clinton White House. And then she runs the San Francisco Fed. And I want to ask you about that chapter because this is as the housing bubble is gathering steam. Right. And one of the danger places is this California lender mm-hmm. known as Countrywide. Uh, we've right. heard of Countrywide now. In a way, did she kind of see this bubble coming? Yeah, so the her story from the lead up to the financial crisis is that her eyes were open to problems brewing. She wasn't clued in to the magnitude of the problem. So Countrywide started writing mortgages very aggressively uh, with very loose lending terms and then redistributing those mortgages to Fannie Mae, to Freddie Mac, and to Wall Street firms that bundled them into securities and sold them all around the world. Well, the mortgages were fraught with risk. And she picked up on that uh, shortly after she became president of the San Francisco Fed. The problem was that the regulatory system was so balkanized and the worldview at the top in the regulatory arena, kind of written by Alan Greenspan, was that the banks should just be left to themselves, that they can manage their own risk. And so despite the fact that she saw problems with Countrywide and she and other Regulators inside the Fed wanted to push it to put more intensive risk controls on how they originated these loans. They couldn't get very far. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to this kind of theme of can you see it in real time? How hard yeah. is it to see a crisis brewing and in real it, time? And it, it also reflects back at her humility because the Financial Crisis Regulatory Inquiry Commission did an exam, an exhaustive examination of what went wrong after the crisis. And they interviewed her and they said, it looks like you figure this out before most other people. You know, what did you see and how did you do it? And her response was, well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. But I didn't see all of it and I didn't do enough to stop it. You know, Mm. a lot of people wouldn't acknowledge their limitations. uh, And she's one of these unusual characters in Washington who managed to break all of these barriers and glass ceilings, Mm -hmm. not by putting her career first, but just by trying to get her facts straight. 
That's John Hilsenrath of The Wall Street Journal. His new book is Yellen, the trailblazing economist who navigated an era of upheaval. John, thanks so much. Congratulations. Thank you very much. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. You don't just live in your home. You live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, local amenities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. The Embedded Podcast brings you eye-opening reporting. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.